Hey everybody, good afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in to this live broadcast. Hope you're having a blessed day. Uh, it is a busy day for me. I've been at a couple different meetings today, all of them very positive. And uh, just want to let you know the Lord is moving despite some of the negative news and things that we're hearing. God is moving in our nation. And I believe uh, we're going to continue to see the Lord move. You know, the, the only way that we can win back this country, and I know sometimes I dabble in talking about political matters, you know, and a lot of the reason why they're, they're called political matters now is because, you know, the political platforms or candidates or whatnot have kind of, you know, uh, taken these ideas on and are speaking about them, whether it's religious liberties and life and marriage and family values and things like that. But these are not really political issues. These are these are faith issues. These are moral issues um, that people of faith, hopefully for a long time, have been talking about and will continue to talk about. So we need to be careful because people want to label them, hey, don't get political. But you got to look at the issues we're talking about. They're all biblically based moral issues. They're not political. Um, I'm sad and saddened to see that so many in the Christian community feel these are political because they're not. I mean, when you're standing for the life of the unborn and the innocent, that's not political. That's biblical. God is a God of life. Thou shall not murder. Murder of the innocent is, is demonic. And unfortunately, that's what we've seen now. The good news, some good news, uh, that we're seeing this, this becoming a more important issue in our nation where people are understanding there's a significance about the fact that we've been slaughtering the innocent. We've been doing it for too long. And you know what's even more upsetting is, is that um, they're also, um, you know, pushing this not only in the United States, this, this current quote-unquote administration is, is now pushing for abortions around the world. So America's exporting abortions. And uh, I know it's not even a question that that brings judgment on a nation. So we as the Christian community, we have to be relentless in standing for life. We can never give in. We can never stop talking about the sanctity of life. We can never stop pushing and lobbying and doing everything that we possibly can to you know, pray, intercede, everything that we can to, to flip this nation back to a pro-life nation. And there is a pathway and some of that does go through politics because unfortunately, if you put a person into office, whether they cheat their way in or they get, you know, no, depending on how they get in, whether they actually legitimately win the election, it doesn't matter once they're in, they're going to be standing for their platform and what they promise to their constituents. And if they're anti-life, then guess what they're going to be pushing? They're going to be pushing the murder of the innocent, infanticide. I even read something the other day. I can't, I have to look into this more, but it looks like the left is moving into a, a really egregious position of where they would even at some point, this is so disgusting, but at some point, uh, some sick demonized person must have thought about this and they're talking about home, home abortion kits. I don't know how that's going to, you know, play out. I hope it never, ever happens. I hope it never, ever happens. But could you imagine a, a home abortion? I can't even imagine, but why would I don't put it past the left? Cause they're already talking about killing babies after they're born with infanticide and they, they try to make the fetus like it's it's not a human or it's not a person. No, it's a person. How did we all get here? We all got here through that same process. Every single human being on this planet. And you're trying to tell me that that's not a human being? Well, how do human beings come into being? 
You know, I mean, it's so ridiculous, their arguments, and yet they're trying to make it like we're the crazy ones, that we don't make sense, that we're antiquated. No, we're not. We're speaking from common sense, from morality, from truth. The truth, I always say the truth is on our side. The facts are on our side. And that's why they're so adamant about censorship. They're adamant about censorship because we have the facts and we have the truth. And the more people that awaken to this, the more people that are, are awakened or, you know, they wake up and they're like, yeah, maybe, yeah, it kind of sounds like a bad thing. And then, you know, when you see some of these movies, really great movies that the Christian community have been putting out, uh, you know, Unplanned is one of them, you know, where they show what's actually happening. You know, there's a lot of people that's like out of sight, out of mind. They don't understand what an abortion is. And then all of a sudden they see the very grim and grotesque reality of it and they have a change of heart. So we have to win in the in the court of public opinion. We have to, you know, educate people. We have to wake people up to what these things are that are happening. And they're also trying to push, you know, the vaccination. You know, I'll just say this about the vaccines. I can't talk too much about the vaccines on social media. They'll ban the account. But let me just say this. Um, Bill Gates was out there and this is a known fact out there in a speech. I want to say it was, uh, let's see, it was like a TED talk or something like that. You can look it up though. It's definitely out there. And if you really need to find the link and you can't find it, reach out to me and we'll find it for you. But he was out there and he was talking about depopulation. Okay. He was talking about how there's too many people on the planet and, you know, part of the leftist, uh, philosophy and agenda, you know, about you know, there's too many humans and we have to depopulate and, you know, and one of the things that he was saying, and this is this is a fact, this is a fact, is as he said, we're you know we're going to use the vaccines as part of this strategy. And I thought that was something that really was like I clicked in my head, and I'm like, what do you mean you're going to use the vaccines? And just a minute ago, you were talking about depopulis depopulization. So go and find that and think about that. And and when somebody's talking about depopulating the earth. And in the almost like next sentence or very soon after talking about we're gonna use vaccines, you know, that, that to me is very egregious and concerning and that should, any logical free thinker should think about that and say, yeah, what is he talking about? I mean, just be a free thinker. See, that's what we're trying to show you is just, just be a free thinker. I'm not pushing an agenda. I'm not pushing, a, I mean, of course I'm, as a pastor, I'm a messenger of the gospel. So yeah, I guess I am pushing the, the agenda of Christianity and the word of God, biblical moralities and, and you know, values. But, but I, I don't, what I'm saying is I don't get anything out of doing this other than trying to help our world and our nation, you know, and, and uh, you know, to, to save me, you know, to stand for Christian values and principles and make sure that our next generation in our country, our kids, their, their kids, you know, our grandchildren have the freedoms to be able to speak freely to be able to live out their values and their morals without being told by the government, by the state, that they can't do that. And unfortunately, we're at this very important precipice moment. It's a very important moment. It's the, the nation could go either direction, but we're at this defining precipice moment, if you will, to where if we don't take a stand now, these very rights that we have almost taken for granted can be taken away and will be taken away, will be taken away. It's not even can, they will be taken away unless we stand. So we are the majority. There's more of us than them. There's more people 
even those that are not necessarily living for the Lord still share our values. It's quite a large group of Americans and people around the world. But unfortunately, the smaller group of people have done a really good job of messaging and being out there and organizing and being the squeaky wheel. And that is our fault that we've allowed this for so long. And this is the time, ladies and gentlemen, that we must, it's not even a question, we must step up. And I'll give an example. So, you know, in Orange County, I, I spoke about this the other day, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think it's a great example. There was that board of supervisors and they were going to go ahead and, uh, you know, push through that vaccine passport. Now, that is very concerning from a religious liberty standpoint, from a freedom standpoint, from a constitutional standpoint, from so many different intersecting standpoints. Even some leftist organizations, even some people on the left actually agreed with us on this one because, you know, it, it really is a violation of our rights. And it's also, you know, there's there's the ability to track and, and you know, there's just so many different bad things that could come from this. You know, the tech uh, companies will be tracking your every step and, you know, there's just so many different concerns that every American, this is not a right or left issue. Every American should see that and say, yeah, do I wanna have to basically show my digital papers in order to board an airplane? Do I wanna, you know, do I have to show a corporation or a company that I'm working for that I got a vaccine? A vaccine should be a personal decision. I don't believe it should be something that people in the in the faith community are pushing. I don't believe pastors should be telling their their congregants or people that they influence that they should be getting a vaccine. I think that's a personal decision that you should be doing research and, and, and doing your own research and praying about and asking the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you my opinion, and you guys already know probably my opinion on it, but I, what I'm saying is, is that it should not be pushed and it should not be something that's mandated. And definitely there should not be, what they're talking about is they're literally talking about vaccinated sections and non-vaccinated sections, whether it's venues. Disney was putting out feelers in a uh, survey that they had online and they were asking people if they would feel comfortable you know, congregating basically at an event like Disney on Ice or something like that to see like, would you feel okay if you were with a bunch of unvaccinated people? I mean, what what are we talking about? What is What in the world is going on to think about this is where we're at? You know, the, the, the common sense, they talk about following the science, but the common sense and, and this is science, by the way, was is that, you know, if somebody has had COVID and already cycled it through their system, they built an immunity naturally, which is by God-given immune system, which is, by the way, I talked to a virologist and uh, she actually told me that's the best, the best uh, thing that anybody could have is a strong immune system. And so why aren't, why aren't these people, if they're, if they're caring about our our lives, like they're saying they are, to, to protect us, why are they not having the conversation about building the immune system? You know, health and well-being and, uh, you know, exercise and, uh, you know, certain vitamins that help build the immune system. Why is that conversation not being had? Now, again, I'm not a medical professional. Uh, you have to take these matters to the Lord, but it's, it's really something of just wisdom. And um, so let's go back to the vaccine passports and why it's a good example. So in Orange County, what happened was this group of a little over a thousand people, around a thousand people, got together. These are people that care about their community, you know, Orange County, California. And they said, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna show up at this meeting and we're gonna protest. Now they didn't come violently. They didn't come, you know, trying to be, 
you know, over the, you know, like just crazy people, in other words. It wasn't anything like that. It was a peaceful, real, excuse me, real peaceful protest of people showing up and saying, we don't appreciate what is happening here. And, uh, and we, we are absolutely against vaccine passports. As people of the community, we're showing up and we're saying, no, we're not gonna accept that. We're not gonna allow that. And you are our elected officials. You work for us, okay? We don't work for you. You're not our overlords. This isn't a caste system. This is America where we have a constitutional republic and we don't approve of this egregious measure that you're trying to push through, which we also see according to our constitution is, is unconstitutional. And it should never happen in America, whether it's a religious liberty perspective where you should have an ability as a, a you know, a, if it goes against your religion or your belief to opt out uh, and you should not be, uh, you know, distinguished or, you know, brought forth on some other, you know, like your lower life form, like a caste system, in other words, you know, just because you haven't been vaccinated. That's ridiculous. It's not American. Okay. It's not American. It goes against our constitution. You should always have a religious exemption opportunity in this type of matter, because what happened to my body, my choice? It's the same people that are saying my body, my choice that are saying you don't have a choice in this matter. Well, wait a minute. Then your, your message messaging is conflicted. And we have a constitutional Republic that has certain laws that are inalienable rights of Americans. And if we don't understand those rights and practice them and live them out, we will lose them because once they're taken away, they're very hard to get back. And we've seen that historically. We've seen that in other nations where, you know, they take away a right like guns or whatever, you know, the, the second amendment here in the United States, and they don't give it back because they don't give it back. If you, if you allow people that are power hungry to, to, to take your rights away, then they're not just going to give it back. You're going to have to fight for it. There's people that fought for it in our country historically, that fought foreign wars, that fought, um, you know, many, many different things over the, over the course of our history. I'm sorry, I'm kind of reading some of your, your uh, questions as I go here. And so we have to honor those people that fought for these very freedoms and we can't let these freedoms, you know, leave us or be taken away. And so we have to stand up. Now, many people are saying, well, how do we do this? And there's many different ways you can do it. Uh, but, but I think the example that I gave in Orange County is very significant because what happened is the people showed up in numbers. And that's why I always say, go to your community meeting, go to your school board meeting, go to your city council. I know it takes extra time and all of us are extremely busy. I totally get it. But if you're able to do it, bring four or five people from your local community, from your church that stand with you, that see eye to eye, other patriots, other Christians that are, that are willing, because a lot of people are asking the question right now, what can I do? That's one of the biggest questions, if not the biggest question I get. Well, this is a, a, an absolute thing that we can do and that will make a difference is by showing up at these community gatherings where the, the leadership, whether it's the school board or the city council, or and we, we, we have a presence there and we say, no, we don't want to uh, have our children taught you know, this anti-God curriculum. We don't want our community to force vaccine passports and things like that. We don't want our freedoms taken away. We don't want our second amendment taken away. We don't want our freedom of speech taken away. And you, and you stand, and in Orange County, that's what happened, is this thousand plus patriots showed up in, in numbers. They were peaceful, but they were literally outside of the window where the meeting was being taken place, you know, and the people heard their voice. And guess what happened, ladies and gentlemen? It was tabled. And, and they did not pass the uh, unconstitutional ordinance. They, they decided not to put it through because they knew 
that they would have to deal with the voters and the people. And that was only a thousand people in that community, only a thousand people in that community, but that was enough to stop it. And that's what I'm trying to say is, is that we have to embrace and understand that it is our obligation. You know, the church is meant to be the head and not the tail. It is our obligation to be active, not because we're political, not be, we're not, it's not political. This is about standing for our rights, our freedoms, and for this constitutional republic. Otherwise, we will lose it. So there's one example. Now, some people will write me and they say, well, Pastor Todd, I'm just not able to leave my home for medical reasons or, you know, different things that are going on. And so I can't go to those. And, and so here's what I say. There's so many different things you can do. Of course, you can be interceding. You can be calling, uh, you know, calling your local officials, calling them, blow up their phones. I mean, let them hear from us. We, you know, be that squeaky wheel. I don't want critical race theory taught at our school. I don't want this, this agenda pushed at our school. You know, we don't want, and we have to blow up their phones so that their gatekeepers and the people that work for these organizations are like, yeah, we had like a hundred calls. We had 200 calls this morning of, of, of people that are citizens in the area that are saying they don't want this because they need to hear from us. So we can do that even from our house. We can be well-read, educated on the issue. We can talk to people that we know, friends, family, relatives, loved ones, church members, the pastor. If your pastor is not speaking on these issues, I understand I speak to a lot of pastors and a lot of pastors tell me, well, Pastor Todd, I don't, you know, I don't feel called to be political. And that's why we have to win on this issue because we have to push back and say, these are not political issues. These are moral issues. These are, these are moral, biblical issues. These are not political. But if we don't do anything or there's a vacuum, the problem is the other side are pushing hard and are very vocal and very well-funded and very unified. And so we lose because we're silent. And so what happens is when we're silent, the other side wins. And then you wonder how these horrible curriculums and how these very, very egregious non-constitutional things get pushed through that's how they get pushed through because the people that are the elected officials think, well, no one cares. The only people that care is this community of people. The only people that care is this advocacy group. So I guess the Christians don't care. I guess, you know, we haven't heard from them or maybe we only got a few calls. We need to blow their phones up. We need to blow up their emails. We need to blow up their social media. So there's a lot we can do just from our house. Okay. The, the other thing that we can do is, is fund organizations like the Religious Liberty Coalition, like what I'm doing at Todd Coconado Ministries. If you're not able to actively do it, there are people that are fighting. And guess what? We're not well-funded. <laughs> we're not well-funded like the left is with a lot of people. So when you help us, we're able to then have more gasoline in our engine and able to go farther and do more. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is. We do a lot on a little, but we can do more when there's help from other people that are partnering. So appreciate you that are able to partner. There's so many different things that we can do, but the, the key is, is, is that we have to do something. We can't, that, that the time for us to sit back and do nothing has come and gone. We, it really should have never been. But the fact is, is the, the ugly truth is it was. And so this is the time we still have a country. I know many of you are very discouraged. And of course, there's a lot going on with the election still, yes. They're still looking into Arizona. We're fighting very hard. You guys know how I feel. Uh, you know what I've been up to, many of you. So we have not stopped that fight. We are very active in that fight. We're one of the few that is, but we're out there and we're bringing you know, information out and you know, that's why we got Remnant News and different things that we're doing on that front. And so you know, we're not gonna stop that, 
but we also have to look ahead and we also have to think of real solutions that we can push back against this stuff because a lot of people are extremely discouraged and rightfully so, but it's not the time to surrender. It's not the time to give up. It's not the time to say, oh, well, I guess we lost. You know, a lot of people say, well, Pastor Todd, just get everybody prepared for the end times. And I understand that concept. To be honest with you, I've been talking about the end times the entire time I've been in ministry. So it's not like I haven't been, but you know, people are saying, well, get everybody prepared now. So of course we're going to talk about how to be a Christian in the end times, even though I still believe, you know, we have time a little bit, you know, it's a late hour. It's very late and no one knows the time or the hour. And of course, Christ could come back tomorrow. So you better be living in view of eternity. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, I even heard somebody today that was talking about the temple being rebuilt. You know, there's some some things on the prophetic timeline that are like real eye openers. Like, wow, people are really talking about this. This is a, a real issue now where they're, they're organized. So, you know, these are all prophetic signs that, yes, the hour is late. We may be in the end times. We may be in the birth pangs. I personally think we're still in a birth pang period. Uh, but I think the end times could be very soon. And so the Lord is showing us, you know, things that we're going to have to understand as Christians and how we're going to have to react and respond and be prepared and be well-read and be educated and be active and all the different things that we need to be doing as a Christian community. And here's, here's what I'll say with this. And, and, you know, as we look back at what happened and we all know, you know, something very nefarious has taken place in our nation. We all know that, you know, there's been a theft. We all know that there's things that are going on that are horrible. But, but here's what I, I would say from a, from a spiritual standpoint, and, and you can tell me if you agree with me or not. Okay, because this is opinion, but I'm really feeling this from the Lord. Uh, I feel like God has given us this time, and I'm going to pull over here because I really think this is important. We got to talk about this. This is a very critical time. Like I said, we're at this precipice, crossroads point in our nation. And I, I really believe that God is giving us this time to get our house in order as the church. I really believe that God is giving us this time. It, it, it's like a, a period, you know, when I was in uh, the corporate world, uh, there, you know, after we would have a sale event or like a big event or something like that, we would do something called uh, post-mortem. And what we would do is we'd look back and we'd say, okay, we got this right. We got this wrong. Here's what we can do better. Here's what we did really well. Here's what we didn't do well at all. Here's where we missed the mark, right? And I feel, ladies and gentlemen, remnant warriors, okay? I feel like this is where phone calls. I feel like we're, we're looking at things and we're saying, you know what? The church has been blessed. The church has had a lot of resources. There's so many ministries in the nation. Uh, you know, there's some good things that we've been able to do over the course of the last 20 years or so, but there's also some areas that we've lacked. And, you know, one of the areas that we've lacked is we haven't done a good job of preaching the entirety of the word of God, talking about the cross, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, uh, talking about the great commission. I was uh, just meeting with the president of a, of a college today and they, he was telling me that, you know, a recent Barna study was saying that that 25% of the church does all the evangelism. In other words, gets people saved. So that means there's at least 75% of the church that's not doing a fundamental thing that God has called us to do called the Great Commission. Go out and make disciples of the nation. We've stopped making disciples. We've stopped preparing the people of God. We've stopped, we, we, we're so busy or, you know, we make that excuse that we're so busy we stopped the coffee meetings. We stopped the mentoring sessions with the younger people. We, you know, people, when I was younger, they poured into my life and, and that bore fruit. Part of the reason why I'm, I'm doing what I am today, in fact, a large portion of that reason is because people poured in to my life. 
And I know that you're tired sometimes and you know you got the soccer game and this and that, and all the different things. I get it. And it's very hard even just to financially make it in today's world. We're dealing with an inflationary situation in the United States. The, you know, there's people that are out of work. I get it. Okay. There's all different types of challenges to pay the bills and all that. I totally understand that. Trust me, I do. Um, but uh, I think that another thing though um, is, is that we have to look at this and we have to say, the church needs to look and say, what do we get wrong? What, if we only have 25% of the people making, you know, the disciples, well, that's a huge problem. Obviously, there needs to be a larger segment of the church. I'd like to see it be 100%. But, you know, we need to emphasize more making disciples, you know, mentoring people, uh, showing them the truth of the ways of the Lord, you know, and, and teaching them the Bible, spending time with them, pouring into their lives, teaching them deliverance, teaching them how to, to, to you know, fundamentally do the things of, of Christianity, core doctrine, you know, I mean, just the basics of Christian 101 that people, unfortunately, they've been sitting in churches here in our country for years sometimes, and they don't even know Christianity 101. They couldn't even tell you 100% what a biblical worldview looks like. They couldn't even tell you 100% what core doctrine in Christianity is. So this is an infiltration of the body of Christ. So God is giving us time to get this right, ladies and gentlemen. The pastors have to preach the full Bible. We have to teach what the Bible says. We have to stand on the, on the word of God, boldly and unafraid, courageous, bold, unafraid. And, and you know what? So what if they censor me? So what if they target me with Newsweek or whoever it is that wants to do an article? So what? I'm standing on the Lord. I never said I was perfect. I never said I'm without sin. I tell people, follow Jesus. Don't follow Pastor Todd. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a messenger. Follow the word of God. Learn what it says. The Bible says, study yourself to be approved before man. Know what the Bible says. But if we don't know what the Bible says, we're ill-equipped because there's a, there's a spiritual minefield that we're walking through right now. And there's a lot of deception, a lot of deception, a lot of false teaching, a lot of intermixing with with you know, uh, all different types of other religions. And, and, you know, it's very scary to see what's going on with Chrislam and, uh, you know, some of the new age that's, you know, made its way into the body of Christ. People are teaching these things. So, so we have to be doctrinally sound, which means study yourself to be approved before man. We have to know what's in the word. We can't just go Sunday and expect everything, you know, just from the Sunday service. That's the only meat that we get. We have to be watching, you know, we have to be studying and, and hearing from the Lord in our own prayer life. We have to be studying and hearing from the Lord in our own worship time. We, have, In fact, that's I would almost say that's equally important as going to church. I mean, you got to have a foundation, ladies and gentlemen, throughout the week. And I know it takes extra. My phone is just blowing up here. I'm going to have to go in a second. But turn off the television and turn in the word of God. Turn on to the word of God. Okay? Turn into prayer time. This is what we have to do. If we don't do it, we're going to lose it. This is the answer, ladies and gentlemen. We're all looking for an answer. This is a period of time where God is saying to us, okay, he's giving us this season. I'm going to have to go in a second because I got another meeting right now. He's giving us the season to get our house in order. He's, he's coming back for a bride without spot nor wrinkle. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we stand firm on the word of God, on what it says. And we teach it boldly and unafraid, the entirety of the word of God. And don't worry about who's going to cancel you. And don't worry about who's going to persecute you. And don't worry about who's going to come against you. We stand on the full word of God. And that's what's going to get this nation. That's what's going to fix this nation. And as we pray it through, we believe God is going to move on our behalf as a nation where we're going to see a powerful move of God. 
in Nashville on the 4th of July. And if you're able to come down to Nashville, Tennessee at the Grand Ole Opry on the 4th of July, you can go right on my page here, go on the link, reserve a seat. It's a free event, but it's going to be powerful. Myself, Pastor Kent and Candy Christmas, Mario Murillo, many others. It's gonna be powerful, ladies and gentlemen. If you can make it out here, come out to this. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna lay hands on the sick. We're gonna pray for any needs that you have in your life. And, and we're not gonna, I'm not gonna leave until every single person, and I mean this, if I have to stay there till three in the morning, we can go on the side or in the parking lot, I don't care. I will pray for every single person that comes that needs prayer, okay? So you guys make it down, I promise you. That is, I gave you my, my word on that. We will make sure that every person that needs prayer We'll get prayer, okay? Um, so listen, we'll talk some more. I got to run. Love you guys. Bless you. We will win. We will win in the name of Jesus and by the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Love you guys.